Suicide Zen Forgiveness, the pod that shares the stories of those affected by suicide. Lost a loved one? Attempted it yourself? Come listen in with your host, Elaine Lindsay. Elaine's mission? End the silence, stigma, and shame about suicide, ideation, and mental health. Sharing your burden can lighten your load. Elaine says we must normalize the conversation to make it easier for you to voice your pain and be able to ask for help. Reaching out to another human being when you're in need of a listening ear must become the norm. Please note, the Suicide Zen Forgiveness podcast is for education only. Some of this subject matter could be triggering. For those of you that are either grieving or having mental health problems, please call your local suicide hotline or mental health office if you need immediate help. And now, here's your host, Elaine Lindsay. Hello there. It's good to be back. And today... This will be a little bit different. It's just going to be me. I won't have a guest with me today here in studio. I'm going to a couple of things. I want to read you uh, an article I wrote recently about my dad who has dementia. And it may seem a little off topic for us. Yet, it's about where my mind is going as we navigate this horrific disease. Someone, a number of people have told me my father was diagnosed in December of 2022. And a number of people have said they call it the long goodbye. I don't think I quite understood what that meant until very recently. So, with your permission, I would like to go ahead and read you what amounts to a short article about my father. This is my dad. December 2022 feels like a distant echo, yet the doctor's words remain engraved in my soul. Dementia. A diagnosis meant for two. It landed on my father, but the weight settled heavily on me. His very late in life only child. The label only child used to carry a different weight, a reflection of years spent longing to be an only. Having a sibling five years younger was a gap just a little too wide to make for a conflict-free shared childhood. After losing my sister in 2021, I mentally chastised myself for those selfish thoughts Finally understanding, I did not ever truly want to be an only child. Now that wish is reality. I am bowed by the weight of being an only child, feeling alone to navigate this storm we call dementia. Fear has become a constant companion. It remained mostly abstract, 
until February 2024. My father is now 91 years of age, and we are truly blessed that he was diagnosed so very late in life. The photo you're seeing is my father at his 91st birthday party in January. Memory lapses, misplaced keys, stories repeated over and over. These are the brushstrokes of this brutal disease, painting a picture of decline. In my research, I found the UK site for the Speckle Method, S-P-E-C-A-L. It's a refreshing approach to dementia that invites all caregivers and family into the world of the patient. After all, the patient is the expert here. It only has three golden rules. And it made perfect sense to me to meet my dad where he is now. See, my father lives five minutes away, literally just down the hill from me. Besides myself and my hubby, our son and his family, and my nephew and his family. We're the only kin we have here in our city. I shared all that I'd learned from the contented Dementia Trust who offer the Speckle Method information. Not a day later, I broke the first of the golden rules. Do not ask direct questions. I quickly realized that almost every conversation I have starts with a direct question. My dad, my hero, now without my mother, he is a late-in-life storyteller, sharing many stories of things I never knew. I consider this an incredible gift. I'm learning things about family members I knew very little if anything, about. My father had always been very quiet and deferred to my mother, who spoke before the family. Now, yes, he often tells the same story five, six more times. It has been a fantastic learning experience for me and the rest of the family. When I was a teenager, from the age of 12, I volunteered at Rideau Regional Hospital School. It was a huge institution about an hour away from home. I was hired for the summer at 15 and spent a few summers working with those who were mentally challenged. I learned gentle ways to keep those who were volatile calm and saw that allowing folks to be happy in their own world was often a good thing for their well-being. Rather than correcting or telling them what was true, it made a lot more sense to go along. I've seen too many families constantly correcting the person with a deficit to the extent that some become paranoid, some violent, and all deeply unhappy in their day-to-day living. I refuse to do that to my father. And for the most part, I follow his lead as he's the expert in his world, altered as it is.
My father still responds for the most part with a quick and sarcastic wit that he's always had. He still makes me laugh. Our family rock is still in there. His eyes twinkling as he recounts another memory. His Scots burr a tonic for the ears. My ears for sure. And then came the phone call. What I call the phone call of reckoning. I was in yet another video meeting when the phone rang. It was almost supper time. I've made a point of letting everyone know when my father calls, I answer, no matter what I'm doing. My dad, his voice laced with a confusion I hadn't heard before, asked the question that would crack my heart wide open. Where's your mother? I nearly choked as a huge rock of grief closed my throat. The distance between us felt insurmountable. I couldn't bear his confusion, his worry, sheer pain in his voice. My reply, a choked whisper, Mom died, Dad. <clears throat> Carried the weight of grief and loss across the miles. The silence that followed stretched, thick with unspoken emotions. He whispered, oh, that one forlorn word, slicing my heart to ribbons. Knowing there was nothing I could do or say that would alleviate his pain, nor mine. He didn't remember. In that moment, this disease stole not just his memory, but cornerstone of our connection, a piece of our shared history. He didn't remember the years of grief, shared tears, the ache that still lingered within me since my mother's death in 2012. He didn't remember all the trips to the cemetery, first to the florist to buy a single red rose, then on to the cemetery. Faithfully, week after week, year after year, until the past few months. All the speckle information and methodology had gone in that moment of shock. This, to me, was the harbinger of doom. I didn't realize I'd been waiting for this, dreading it. Should I remind him, re-trigger the pain, or let him exist in this fabricated reality, however painful the truth? The answer, as always with dementia, is a dance between compassion and honesty. As his only child, the burden feels singular, the responsibility amplified. There are days where I rage at the injustice of it all, the cruel hand dealt to a man who deserves better. Then I remember his laugh, his stories, his unwavering love. I see the flicker of recognition in his eyes when I remind him of those we've lost, going through photos he seems to find daily. When he pulls out these photos, 
I snap a pic on my phone of all the ones I've never seen. It amazes me how many there are. We have no idea where he's finding them. We're simply thrilled to hear the memories he has and to add in the bits he asks for, always with a smile. Any anger I feel at my dad's mind being erased melts, replaced by a fierce resolve to be his anchor, his guide through this storm, as best I can. This journey with dementia is a lonely one, but I'm not truly alone. I have my hubby, my son and nephew and their families, who are 100% on board, as we all want the same thing my father, their grandfather, their great-grandfather. We want him to be content for as long as possible. There are support groups, online communities, and the unwavering love of friends. And above all, there's the fierce, stubborn love I hold for my father. A love that refuses to be diminished by this disease. So I walk this path one uncertain step at a time. I grieve the man my father was. I cherish the moments we have. And I hold on to the hope that somewhere deep within, a spark of recognition will remain. But even if he forgets who they were, I will never forget who he is. My father, my hero. And the first man I loved. That no disease can ever take away. It's not normally what we discuss here. However, as someone who's dealt with ideation pretty much my whole life. This disease has increased some of the horrible thoughts. And I so appreciate that I have the podcast and that my friend Andrea left me the best worst gift. Because those little voices say it would be easier to not be here, to not watch, to not have to see. My father deteriorate in front of me. I am so glad that I am smart enough to know I don't have to do what the voices suggest. And I have the tools to be able to walk myself back from the edge. You may be dealing with something in your life. It's not about you. What can cause you to feel this way? And I invite you to look at the the positives, how minimal they may be, how few. 
look at those positives and be grateful. Be grateful that you're here. Because contrary to what I thought for so many years, feeling the feelings is important. Numbing myself or ignoring or passing through and not touching the feelings is not the way to go. Most feelings are gone in seconds, if not some, maybe a few minutes. But they move on when we allow them to flow and go. And that allows us to continue. I thank you for listening. I felt it important to share that some of the things we go through in life really do run riot in our minds and play havoc with our balance, our our mental balance and our emotional well-being. But I am daily making the choices to feel the feels to do what I can, to be grateful for every second we have, and to know that it's important to remain. Running away, in essence, is not going to help anyone. I did say this would be a shorter podcast, and I thank you so much for listening. If you or someone you know is dealing with dementia or Alzheimer's or someone in their family, just reach out. It's not that anybody can fix anything. Sometimes just knowing somebody else is willing to be there for you. Perhaps sit in solitude. Perhaps just go for a coffee. It can be the greatest gift in the world. And I can honestly say I am incredibly blessed to be surrounded with friends and our little family who all know how important my father is to our family, to me. And I thank each and every one of them for that. Thank you for listening. I'm Elaine Menzies, Suicides and Forgiveness. Until next time, make the most of your today, every day. Thank you. Bye for now. Thank you for being here for another inspiring episode of Suicides and Forgiveness. We appreciate you tuning in. Please subscribe and download on your favorite service and check out SZF's YouTube channel or Facebook community. If you have the chance to leave a five-star rating or review, it'd be greatly appreciated.
Please refer this to a friend you know who may benefit from the hope and inspiration from our guests. Suicide Zen Forgiveness was brought to you by the following sponsors. Truel Social Media, the digital integration specialists. Let them get you rocking page one in the search results. Canada's keynote humorist Judy Croon, motivational speaker, comedian, author, and stand-up coach at Second City, Judy has been involved for over a decade in the City Street Outreach Program in Toronto. Lisa Sugarman, Boston-based author, columnist, and crisis counselor with The Trevor Project, America's largest suicide and crisis support network for at-risk LGBTQ youth, storyteller with the National Alliance on Mental Illness, NAMI, survivor of suicide loss, and mental health advocate. Lisa's purpose aligns with the lanes as Lisa shares content and sparks conversations to help end the stigma of suicide and connect people with the support and hope they deserve. Do you have a story to share? Do you know someone you think would be a great guest? Please go to szf42.com. And for our American listeners, that's szf42.com. Thank you for listening, and we hope to see you again.